When the intellect grows strong, it makes ready to pursue the love which quenches all bodily passions and which prevents anything contrary to nature from gaining control over the heart. Then the intellect, struggling against what is contrary to nature, separates this from what is in accordance with nature. Number 20. Examine yourself daily in the sight of God and discover which of the passions is in your heart. Cast it out and so escape his judgment. 21. Be attentive to your heart and watch your enemies, for they are cunning in their malice. In your heart be persuaded of this. It is impossible for a man to achieve good through evil means. That is why our Savior told us to be watchful, saying, Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there are that find it. Matthew 7, 14. 22. Be attentive to yourself, so that nothing destructive can separate you from the love of God. Guard your heart, and do not grow listless and say, How shall I guard it since I am a sinner? For when a man abandons his sins and returns to God, his repentance regenerates him and renews him entirely. Holy Scripture speaks everywhere about the guarding of the heart in both the Old and the New Testaments. David says in the Psalms, O sons of men, how long will you be heavy of heart? Psalm 4.2 And again, their heart is vain. Psalm 5.9 and of those who think futile thoughts, he says, For he has said in his heart, I shall not be moved. Psalm 10.6 And he has said in his heart, God has forgotten. Psalm 10.11 A monk should consider the purpose of each text in scripture, to whom it speaks, and on what occasions. He should persevere continually in the ascetic struggle, and be on his guard against the provocations of the enemy. Like a pilot steering a boat through the waves, he should hold to his course, guided by grace. Keeping his attention fixed within himself, he should commune with God in stillness, guarding his thoughts from distraction and his intellect from curiosity. 24. In storms and squalls, we need a pilot, and in this present life we need prayer, for we are susceptible to the provocations of our thoughts, both good and bad. If our thought is full of devotion and love of God, it rules over the passions. As Hesse chasts, we should discriminate between virtue and vice with discretion and watchfulness. And we should know which virtues to practice when in the presence of our brethren and elders, and which to pursue when alone. We should know which virtue comes first and which second or third, which passions attack the soul and which the body, and also which virtues concern the soul and which the body. We should know which virtue pride uses in order to assault the intellect, and which virtue leads to vainglory, wrath, or gluttony. For we ought to purify our thoughts from all the self-esteem that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians 10.5 25. The first virtue is detachment. 
that is death in relation to every person or thing. This produces the desire for God, and this in turn gives rise to the anger that is in accordance with nature, and that flares up against all the tricks of the enemy. Then the fear of God will establish itself within us, and through this fear, love will be made manifest. 26. At the time of prayer, we should expel from our heart the provocation of each evil thought, rebutting it in a spirit of devotion, so that we do not prove to be speaking to God with our lips while pondering wicked thoughts in our heart. God will not accept from the Hesychast a prayer that is turbid and careless. For everywhere scripture tells us to guard the soul's organs of perception. If a monk submits his will to the law of God, then his intellect will govern in accordance with this law all that is insubordinate to itself. It will direct as it should all the soul's impulses, especially its incisive power and desire, for those are subordinate to it. We have practiced virtue and done what is right, turning our desire toward God and His will, and directing our insensive prayer, power, or wrath against the devil and sin. What then do we still lack? Inward meditation. 27. If some shameful thought is sown into your heart as you are sitting in your cell, watch out. Resist the evil so that it does not gain control over you. Make every effort to call God to mind, for He is looking at you, and whatever you are thinking in your heart is plainly visible to Him. Say to your soul, If you are afraid of sinners like yourself seeing your sins, how much more should you be afraid of God who notes everything? As a result of this warning, the fear of God will be revealed in your soul, and if you cleave to Him, you will not be shaken by the passions. For it is written, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion. He that dwells in Jerusalem shall never be shaken. Psalm 125.1 Whatever you are doing, remember that God sees all your thoughts, and then you will never sin. To Him be glory through all the ages. Amen. That's the end of the 27 um, points that he was making in this St. Isaiah the Solitary on guarding the intellect. And there's a word that I didn't know that I looked up called hesychast, which I pronounced wrong. I said hesychast. So hesychast is a historical word meaning it's a member of a movement dedicated to contemplation originating among the Orthodox monks of Mount Athos in the 14th century. So he's basically saying, because we're monks, because we've taken this vow, um, so on and so forth. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I don't agree with 100% of what St. Isaiah said, but it's amazing to uh, reach back in history and sort of touch um, uh, someone who loves the Lord and who's giving advice to other monks and uh, who has his own experiences and his own way of approaching uh, that that pursuit of holiness and closeness with the Lord and and sensitivity to sins and sensitivity to, to um, what's happening in our body and our spirit and so on and so forth. So I hope you enjoyed St. Isaiah the Solitary on guarding your intellect. <laughs>